Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another Victory Monday edition of the Believe in Lions podcast. I'm your host, Jack Kavanaugh, joined as always by the all-pro safety, the interception leader, a man who has some advice for a couple of Detroit Lions players right now because they need to pick the ball off the way that he did. A couple guys need to go to hand school. It's Glover Quinn. <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing? It's a I'm, great Monday. It is a great Monday. I am great. We had a lovely game yesterday. Lions got the victory. Didn't look clean in all aspects, but the defense dominated. We got one of the turnovers we wanted. Could have had more, but it is what it is. Yeah, I thought the defense played outstanding. I, I I honestly was a little worried about that Atlanta offense coming into the game with, you know, the injuries that we had on the defensive side of the ball, you know, the wide receiver that they have and the tight end and, uh, you know, explosive young running back. I was a little concerned about their offense, but the Lions defense showed up. They didn't blink an eye with at any of those guys that competed. They were locked in, I thought, physically. They were locked in mentally. I didn't see a lot of miscommunication, a lot of guys uh, wide open just off of things. So I thought the defense showed up. They got great pressure on the quarterback. He never looked really comfortable to me. And, you know, Bijan never really got going. I don't know if it was how they were trying to use him or what, but he never really got going. And I thought the Lions defense showed up and played a lot better than I'm, I'm sure most people thought with all the injuries they had. Absolutely. I We knew it was going to be a slugfest, but it ended up just being the Lions defense slugging the Falcons offense a bunch. 33 yards from Bijan Robinson on 10 carries, just 3.3 yards per carry. Only 44 rushing yards for the entire team. They were averaging over 170 yards a game on the ground heading into this one. And the Lions completely stifle them. They won in the trenches. And they won in the secondary. We had seven pass breakups by the Detroit Lions to go with seven sacks. This was just all around on defense. They dominated, whether it was the defensive line, whether it was the linebackers, whether it was the secondary. It was great on so many levels. So many levels, like you said. I mean, seven pass breakups, that's a lot in a game. And you couple that with seven sacks. I mean, that's 14 pass plays. Right there, right? Seven sacks, seven pass breakups. That's 14 pass plays that you defended like that, like not including just regular incompletions, just things like that. That's a lot. That's disrupting the 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 offense. That's not letting those guys get in the rhythm. That's not letting those guys get going. And that's making plays on the ball. And then also that's having good enough coverage so that the rush can get there. And the rush was getting there pretty quick yesterday on some of those plays. Like, they were getting there pretty quick. And so it was good. It was a great performance. And, you know, I had said earlier in the week when, when they asked me about the Lions defense, and I was like, well, week one we had a Lions defense. Week two we had a Lions defense. And so we need to see what they really are come week three, right? And I think they came out and showed what they can be, what they want to be. Now it's about being able to consistently do that week in and week out, regardless of who you're going against on the other side. Bet Online is your number one source for your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. 
Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code believe for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V bet online where the game starts. Yes, absolutely. Aiden Hutchinson. He's gotten pressure so far this year, but he finally gets his first two sacks. We need him to get home like that more often. Also had a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. Also had a fake hamstring injury when he pulled the stanky leg after his first sack. Big day from Aiden Hutchinson. The stars came to play. And a big day from your guy, Brian Branch, in the secondary as well. He had two passes defended, three tackles for loss, and led the team with 11 tackles. And sometimes you see, oh, 11 tackles by a safety. Is that a good thing? It was today. A lot of behind the line of scrimmage, a lot of at the line of scrimmage. Brian Branch just really dominated. Oh, yeah. He had an outstanding game. I mean, the week before I was talking, I was like, man, the Lions had zero tackles for loss outside of the one play play by Alex Anzalone, right, against Seattle. This game, I saw multiple tackles for loss. I saw, like you said, tackles at the line of scrimmage. You see seven sacks. All those things gets the offense off schedule and i thought brian branch played a phenomenal game um he looked he looked seasoned out there he looked you know really 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 special as a player physical covered well competed well he he was definitely one of the best players on defense out there yesterday and you know and i wonder like (laughs) aiden hutchison had another had a big day right but i wonder if he goes to tracy walker and says hey man it's kind of like a little jab i appreciate it because you know aiden hutchinson had one sack right if tracy walker catches that interception at the end of the game then aiden doesn't get the next play where he gets the sack the forced fumble and the fumble recovery on the 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 next play right if tracy catches that pick that ends the game Tracy doesn't catch it. Aiden comes back the next play. Sack, forced fumble, fumble recovery. Now you look at his day. He got two sacks, a forced fumble, fumble recovery. Great day. So I would I would I would pick a little jab at Tracy and be like, hey man, appreciate you for helping me uh helping me have a, a, a an outstanding stat sheet day. Well, and you had some words for Tracy Walker as well. I saw you tweeting him after the game saying that he's got to go to hand school. And he agreed. He agreed. He knows he has to get it back for you, Glover. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I'm a, I, I always give those guys a hard time. That's just what I do. You know, I, and, and it's all the guys that I play with. If I'm watching a game and I see you drop a pick, I don't care if it's Slay. I don't care if it's Quandre. I don't care who it is. You know, and everybody may be talking about how great of a play it was. And I'm not going to say it wasn't a great play. But I still need the ball. I'm not going to let you off the hook and say, oh, yeah, that was a great play. You don't have to finish it. No, finish it. And I'm not going to let your standards drop. Like, finish the play. So they they know it's all love from me. I'm just going to push them, you know, and, and, and hold them to a higher standard. Tracy knows he could catch those balls. He's. Two of them. He let one go right through his hands on the tip ball. 
And then the other one beat him up. We used to say, hey, man, the ball's beating you up. Hit him all in his chest three times, just, you know. And, you know, it's got to – we, we got to secure them. We we got we got to have those. And like you said, in a game like that, it, it doesn't come back to haunt you, right? Because you win in that game. And that's kind of why I am the way I am in those situations. It's happy. It's fun. You celebrate in because you won. But in reality, we need those plays because in another game, it may not be as, you know, whatever. And you need that game-changing play. You need that ball. You need that one turnover to change the game. So we can never take for granted, you know, catching the ball and, 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 and not letting those opportunities, you know, go to waste when, when we, when we drop interceptions. Yeah. in another game in a more competitive game, that can be the difference between a win and a loss in this game. It wasn't really close. The lions got up early. The Falcons ended up with six points, but three of them came when the game was pretty much out of reach, but, the defense of the Detroit Lions just dominated, dominated. They couldn't allow it to get close just from the safeties to the linebackers, just all across the board. And I like what you're talking about earlier, where the coverage, the coverage and the pressure really married together. And it seemed as though the secondary and the linebackers coverage really married together. Cause last week against the Seahawks, it felt as though they were just running wild behind the linebackers in front of the safeties. It felt like those two position groups just weren't communicating didn't happen this week. Do you know have any insight into why that happened, or is it just the chemistry? Well, I mean, looking at some of the plays that I saw made, right, it, it looked like the Lions did a good job of mixing up their coverages. They didn't they didn't just come out and go man-to-man and blitz or whatever, because when, when a team is really just going man-to-man, then that's when you get a bunch of the crossing routes, right? So last week against Seattle, we saw a bunch of crossing routes, they were playing a lot of man-to-man, and they were playing a lot of fire zones where we had defensive ends or defensive linemen dropping in the coverage. So this game, it looked like they played a lot of quarters, like they played a lot of a lot of one-hole, like a robber defense where you had safeties playing in the middle of the field. Um and it looked like the middle of the field was packed, but it didn't look like they were just playing man-to-man coverage where they just get beat by a bunch of crossing routes. Um, didn't seem like it was a lot of open zones. And it didn't seem like Ritter could just raise up and just throw the ball like he knew exactly what the Lions defense was doing and what we were giving him and making it easy for him. And so I thought they did a good job. A few plays, I saw you saw some big hits by Tracy across the middle. You saw big hits by Efete, who I thought looked good as a safety yesterday. You know, I told you guys they were trying to make him a corner, but he's the biggest guy in the room. I don't understand why they were trying to make him a corner. This guy needs to be a safety. And so he made some plays yesterday. Um, And so I think what they were doing scheme-wise, and like I said, I haven't saw the the, the film. Um, I'm just going based off what we all saw yesterday on TV. But what it looked like to me is they played a little more quarters coverage, a little more situations where the safeties were able to get involved in the passing game. And that looked like that helped out a lot. It really did. It just looked cleaner on defense, just across the board. It looked like things were meshing the pass rush, the coverage, the run defense, all of it just finally came together. Hopefully this is the Detroit Lions defense that we have been waiting for. 
but the offense, the offense didn't feel as clean as the defense did. They, they did more than enough to come away with the victory, but for a game where there were no sacks allowed by the Detroit Lions offense, it felt like golf was under a little bit of pressure and just made good decisions. The running game had some highs and some lows. It just didn't feel clean. They did more than enough to win, but I know the Lions offense is better than what we saw. Right. And and that's the thing about having a good team, right? When your offense isn't clicking on all cylinders, your defense can hold them down to where, yeah, you can score 20 points and still win the game. You know, I was a little worried at 13 to three because I'm just like, man, we're on. We, we haven't put our foot on the throat yet. We had opportunities in the red zone where we had to set up for field goals. And I was just hoping that those field goals didn't come back to haunt them because anytime the score is 13 to three, now you're literally one interception return for a touchdown, fumble return for a touchdown, one defensive, you know, you give up a big play, you're anything, you just one play from now, it's a 13-10 ball game, and it's totally different field. So I was worried about that, but the defense did a great job of holding up the whole game, um, and then offense was able to put it away um, by scoring another touchdown. And I thought, you know, they missed, I mean, Goff missed, you know, Khalif Raymond on a big play. Um you know, in the game. And I, and I thought they missed a couple of times, but I thought for the most part, you know, they converted when they needed to. Amon Ross St. Brown had really big catches, got good first downs. I thought Jameer Gibbs looked good. I was glad to see him going downhill some because the only thing that does is open you up to be able to get outside, right? As an offense, when you think about how we try to run the ball to open up the pass game, right? Well, when you run the ball inside, it opens up outside as well. So, a guy like Jameer Gibbs, he looks like he can run downhill. He can read blocks. He can put his foot in the ground and get upfield and get seven, eight yards with a quickness. Um, so I was excited to see some of that. You know, I didn't see them throw the ball to him as much out of the backfield. Um, but that's okay. You know, every game is different. Every game plan is different. And so they were able to do just enough to 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 win the game. But when your defense is playing well like that and your offense isn't playing super great offensively, you just don't want to screw it up. You don't want to give up a pick six. You don't want to give up a, a turnover or something like that to put them in good field position. So your defense is dominating. They can't seem to get in the rhythm offensively on the other side. So, Hey, let's just stick to our game plan. Let's not do anything crazy. If we got to punt, let's punt it, pin them back and force their offense to go to the long, the long haul against our defense. And they couldn't do it yesterday. Yeah. Daring Desmond Ritter to beat them, knowing that they can put up points. They can move the ball when they need to lions though on offense, just, yeah, it was it was an interesting game. It, at times, it felt like, oh, are we are we getting stuck here? Are we stuck in the mud? Oh, okay. Well, there's Monroe St. Brown for a first down. And interesting, only four players had a pass this game. We saw Monroe St. Brown. Obviously, he had over 100 yards. Monroe St. Brown is that guy. We saw Sam Laporta have his first career touchdown. He had a great day, day as well. He now is the number one tight end in terms of through three games. So it's obviously a very small list, but most receptions by a tight end through three games. Khalif Raymond had four receptions. Jameer Gibbs had one. And that was it. Just four guys caught the ball for the Detroit Lions. Instead, they run the ball for 115 yards, 17 carries for Jameer Gibbs, who, like you said, he was doing it all. Instead of just the outside, the gadgety plays, the stretch runs, the pitches, they had him going up the middle and he looked pretty damn good. 
Yeah, he did. He did. And, you know, that's just a controlled game, you know. I mean, that's really what it is. Like I say, the defense was in control. So offensively, you was just kind of – I don't want to say getting by, but offensively, you was just kind of like, hey, this is all we got to do, right? So Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta, you know, a lot of times it was run the ball, run the ball. Now we third down, we'll throw it, or we we'll run the ball, we we'll play action. It wasn't – a, a situation where golf had to drop back and try to throw it 40 times uh to to win the game it was more so it was just control we're going to run the ball we're going to run the ball we're going to run the ball and then when you're in the fourth quarter you know you're winning you know you're running the ball run milking the clock so i i mean i'm not too concerned about the offense um i think i think you know it's it's crazy how Khalif has turned into their big play guy um but i saw it at training camp you know i saw him make some big plays at training camp um against jacksonville jaguars so it's not surprising that uh he's turned into that uh you just you know from a defensive standpoint if i see khalif raymond in the game i'm uh, i'm thinking not not necessarily gadget but like big play crawl big deep crosser flea flicker like some kind of way to get him vertical up the field. And so they got to make sure they're doing enough underneath with him so that that doesn't become the uh, the report. But I'm sure things have changed once Jameson get back because now you got two of those guys. So it'll make a huge difference. It's going to be an evolving, interesting offense. But for now, it's still a very good offense. Cruise control is probably how I would describe it. They weren't pressing. They weren't stressed. They were just like, all right. Just keep chugging along, even with three different right tackles in the game. So that would be four different right tackles on their season because they're obviously obviously their starter, Panay Sewell. He moves to left tackle for the game. So then Matt Nelson goes in. He goes down early. Then we have Dan Skipper in. Big Dan comes into the lineup. He leaves Big the game Dan. early. <laughs> we knew he was going to end up playing at some point, too. You know that. You know <laughs> and, Big Dan going to play. And then he goes down, and the rookie Colby Sorsdahl comes in, and – he gets beat a couple times, but it's all with the growing pains. We didn't expect him to be in as the fourth right tackle. We didn't expect him to have to play, but the offense survived. So I'm very nervous, excited, interested to see if we see Taylor Decker come back this week and the line goes back to the way it was, but they got away with it for now. Yeah, they did. And that's, and that's you know, if anything is concerning after that game, it's the O-line, right? You know I mean? They they they've been the unit of strength, um, and then a couple injuries have really you know they've taken a hit. So hopefully we can get Taylor back. Um, Big Dan got to get back. You know you get a hamstring; those things are tough, more so for skilled guys. But I mean, it kept him out of the game yesterday because um, they got a short turnaround. They got Green Bay on Thursday night, and so. Got to get that O-line healthy so that, you know, Jared's not getting hit as much, not under as much pressure, and you can get the run game going. You know, I think they thrive when they can when they can get the run game. I think 17 carries yesterday, 100-something. Like, I think that's what they want. They, they, they want that right there. That's enough running for them, and it's enough passing so that defensively we can hold them down. And we just play good complimentary football. 
And speaking of running the football, are you hoping to see more running from Jared Goff, who looked pretty good on that three-yard scamper? Uh, he just—he didn't look too good after when he tried jumping into the stands, but the, the uh, run was good. Uh, <laughs> you know, the good thing about that is that's his first touchdown, so um, you know, teams don't put that on the scouting report. Like Jared's not somebody that they're looking to run. So every now and then for a first down in the fourth quarter, uh, you know what I'm saying, you can sneak that out, pull the ball, because they're not expecting you to pull the ball. But um, I, I like to see Jared throw it, let the other guys run it. Yeah, I can't see them running too many more read options with Jared Goff unless they get a certain look. Of, they're just going to hand it off. <laughs> no question. Dual threat. And that's probably, that's probably the right thing to do. Oh, yeah. Dual threat quarterback Jared Goff. Did you see him try and jump in the stands after, though? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that was embarrassing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So g- great game from Goff. Great touchdown. Work on the celebration just a little bit. But this week, heading into the Green Bay Packers, heading into Lambeau Field, what's this week like for in two aspects? Number one, I want to know what it's like heading into Packers week. And number two, it's a short week. So what is the practice schedule going to be looking like? Well, you know, it is a short week. And short weeks are always better when you win. Um, both of the teams won yesterday. So that's one thing. Short weeks are better when you are at home. So Green Bay played at home yesterday. The Lions played at home yesterday. Green Bay plays at home on Thursday, right? The Lions got to travel. So that plays into a little bit for the Lions because now you got to travel on Wednesday because the game is Thursday. So generally, you know, I don't know exactly what their schedule is. I would assume it would be somewhat in the same, but you played yesterday was a home game. So you were able to get home yesterday early. So today is a work day. You're coming in today. Um, what we used to do, we used to get a workout in. Um, you know, you won yesterday. So when you win, typically there may be a couple plays that the coach wants to go over for correction sake or whatever or just to show what it looks like when we execute but typically when you win you kind of like overview that game and then now we got to jump into the game plan for the next team right when you lose depending on how bad it was there may be some things that we got to get corrected from the previous game And so we'll spend the first half of the day going over all that stuff. And then the next half of the day, we're working on the next team. So the fact that they won yesterday, pretty convincing win, especially defensively. You know, offensively, I think they they feel fine. I mean, like I said, you miss a couple passes. But as long as you're not miscommunicating a lot of stuff, a lot of penalties, I think they come out of that game feeling like they played a pretty clean game. So that they probably can touch on that game a little bit, you know, clean up whatever a little bit they feel like they need to clean up. And then they'll get right into Green Bay today, going over game plan, things like that. Go out, have a little walkthrough, jog through generally today. Then tomorrow they'll probably go out in shorts and, and, you know, helmets and probably not full pads, but just shorts and helmets or maybe shells. And run around a little bit, still jogging, more so running around a little bit. And then even Wednesday morning before they take off, they'll probably have a lighter practice. Probably won't be 
as light as a typical Saturday morning jog through before you leave for a Sunday game, but it'd probably be a little more up pace walk through jog through type of practice just to get a little bit more in Wednesday morning and then I take off and fly to Green Bay. Um, that's typically how it goes. I don't know exactly how they'll do it, but you would expect them to get on it today, tomorrow, and then Wednesday morning, and then they'll take off to Green Bay. And you've spent plenty of time preparing for Green Bay, facing Green Bay. What's the atmosphere like in the locker room? What was it like ahead of Packers week? Well, every time I faced Green Bay, for the most part, it was with Aaron Rodgers. So that made it a lot more, um, a lot bigger. You know what I'm saying? It was understanding it's the Packers, understanding it's Aaron Rodgers and all the things that we needed to do to try to defeat and defend Aaron Rodgers. Now Aaron Rodgers is no longer there. I don't know if Jordan Love presents the same challenges as what Aaron Rodgers would present. And I think the Lions feel very confident being able to go up into Lambeau and get a win, being that that's how they ended the season last year, beating an Aaron Rodgers team. Um, but this Packers team, they they're 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 gritty. You know, they found a way to come back and win yesterday. They were down 17-0. I literally thought they were they were gonna get whooped. I was happy. I'm like, man, the, the Packers are gonna lose, the Vikings are losing, the Bears are awful. It's a great day for the Lions. And the Saints let the Packers get back in that game and get a win. And so now we got two teams that are two and one coming into Thursday night showdown. And I think the Lions feel very good about it, but it won't be easy. No, it's never going to be easy against Green Bay. It's never going to be easy in Lambeau, but they know how to do it. They had the success last year. It's going to be a little bit warmer when they play this week than it was last year. I doubt we'll be able to see the breath of every player, every single breath, just the smoke coming off of it. But it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a big game. Any final things that you're looking for for this Green Bay Packers as we prepare? Anything in the NFC North standing out to you other than the Bears just being terrible? Well, I mean, the Bears are terrible, but the Vikings are, have the same record. So they're, yeah. they're both 0-3. Um, and so this week right here is going to really be a good week because, you know, the Lions got opportunity to be 3-1, and which, you know, now they're competing really with the the, the Packers because – the Vikings, I mean, you go down three three games and don't let them lose this week and get to 0-4, that's, that's going to get tough for them, especially with, I mean, I've been seeing rumors and, you know, probably won't happen. Um, but with the Vikings being the way they are and the Jets being the way they are, I've seen Kirk Cousins linked to the Jets and some trades, and I know he got a no-trade clause or whatever I think I've seen, but, hey, man. People wave all type of stuff. No trade clause mean you can't just go and trade me. But if I tell you I want to be traded, now I give you permission to trade me. That's how I see the no trade clause. Um, so I'm just hoping that the Lions can go out and get a big victory um, in Green Bay, get two get two wins in four days, get to three and one, a good first quarter of the season. And once again, get to sit back and and see how things play out over the weekend. It's going to be a big week ahead. I cannot wait to cover it all. I cannot wait to see the fallout from it. But until then, we will see you next time. Peace.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.